Hello again, Memphis, and welcome to Storyboard 30. This is the show taken right out of the pages of Storyboard Memphis, the nonprofit publication that brings you arts, community, and culture in one place. And I am Mark Fleischer, publisher of Storyboard Memphis and your host for Storyboard 30. In quote unquote normal times before COVID, how we as a society have dealt with issues of mental health and substance abuse has been complicated at best particularly in our disinvested communities where access to mental health care has a variety of added challenges. But this year with rather historic extremes in stress and anxiety, these issues and cases in the mental health care system have both reached record levels. Here to talk about these issues, as well as a recent program that provides emergency assistance to those individuals needing immediate help with issues of mental health or substance abuse is Lori Powell. Lori is CEO of Alliance Health Services, um, which actually has just won an award, um, the Tennessee Association of Mental Health Organizations Award for their Innovative and Creative Care Program, which stands for Crisis Assessment Response to Emergencies. So, Lori Powell, welcome to Storyboard 30. Well, thanks for having me. Lori is here to talk about not only the care program, but, but also, of course, Alliance Health Services and you know, as, as we look at the climate today, of course, talking about COVID, uh, we're talking about mental health services, healthcare services, which of course have seen a huge spike and increase in, in recent months and of course during the entire year. So why don't we start out by just uh, simply talking about what Alliance Health Service, Healthcare Services is? Sure. Alliance Healthcare Services is a 501c3 nonprofit agency that serves around 20,000 individuals, adults, children, and families per year um, that need behavioral health and substance abuse treatment. And uh, we have 400 plus employees, clinics throughout uh, Shelby County, crisis unit, and um, housing and other grants for individuals that need our help. Yeah. And you offer, you know, really a host of services. So you mentioned some of them, uh, but really, if you look at the if you look at the website, and by the way, you can be found on alliance-hs.org. Just right. so folks understand, know where to find you. There's also a, a helpline that we'll talk about here in just a bit. Sure. Um, but the 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 list of services is quite something. So everything from alcohol and drug treatment to psychiatric services. Uh, pharmacy services, peer support, group therapy, community linkage, child outlet. I mean, we could go on and on. They're right. on the website, Absolutely. but quite a lot of services. Now, obviously this year, you know, with COVID and the pandemic, um, obviously uh, services have been on or needs for services have been on the increase, right? Can you talk yes. about what that has looked like this year? Where I was reading recently that, that some providers, some healthcare um, companies notice a decrease, but mental health and substance abuse right now, uh, you, you hear it in the news a lot. People are reaching out, people are feeling isolated, um, suicidal ideation, suicide um, rates are going up, as well as overdose uh, addiction and overdose problems here in Shelby County. They've done some articles about that. And so we really are trying to get the message out there that um, don't be afraid to, to seek help and reach out and just talk about it more as a community. Yeah. And I want to mention too, on, I think, I think it's worth mentioning a number of times during this broadcast, um, the, the various ways that folks who are listening might, 
can reach out just in case. Uh, you have uh, a phone number for appointments and also uh, a, a number for uh, adult crisis. Um, so I'm going to read out the appointment number, sure. the appointment line number, which is 901 area code, of course, 369-1410. Again, 369-1410. That's for appointments. And then for uh, the adult crisis line, Again, area code 901-577-9400. Again, 577-9400. I, I will repeat that later on. Right. You know, as you know, folks listening to this show right now, um, you know, this is a challenging time of year anyway, in a normal year. Right. But it's especially challenging right now, right? Now, also, you're opening up or you're just begun the work to open up a new new facility uh, out on Summer Avenue. Right. Uh, right now, if you drive, you know, down Summer, it's right there at the intersection of Summer and Malcolm. Uh, and on the other side is Broad. And you'll see all these buildings. We're going to uh, do the demolition soon. That's already scheduled. And try to build a state-of-the-art crisis unit. Um, Alliance has the largest crisis unit provides more services to adults 18 and over than any other provider in the state here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Now, uh, during this pandemic year, you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the need for additional services. Do you have any, any sense of the numbers of, of the increases in folks that have sought help this year? Just during the first three months of the pandemic alone, we had around 500 more people reach out for help than we did um, during the same time period the previous year. Our um, waiting list for our uninsured detox. So there at the crisis unit, we have something called medical detox for those that need um, help uh, getting off of alcohol and opiates. And uh, that waiting list has tripled. Uh, it, it's usually been around 30 or less. Uh, last week, it was 175 people on the waiting list that are trying to get off of alcohol and drugs. And the fact that they need medical detox means they're going through withdrawals. They're, they're worried about, you know, that's, that's actually life-threatening. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, during this year, and especially, especially during the early part of the pandemic, I will, I will speak for just for myself. Uh, it, was, it was challenging at the beginning in terms of the anxiety, because, you know, now we're, we've kind of, I feel like we've, we've adjusted to the unknowns that, that mm -hmm. life is a series of unknowns and every day is a series of unknowns, but early in the pandemic, I can really, I can understand how folks who already perhaps have struggles with any kind of substance abuse um, would have had a real struggle at the beginning, job loss, isolation, um, domestic abuse at home, all mm -hmm. kinds of things that I'm sure have contributed to all this, right? Right. Yeah. People are, uh, and it's traumatizing. And some people have uh, better coping skills than others just because of what they've learned over the years and also their support system. If you don't have a well-developed support system and then you're isolated, uh, it's just um, really, tragic uh, some of the things that that are happening um, with mental health and substance abuse and and people want to point the blame 
on themselves, which it's a brain disorder. You know, it's just like having diabetes or asthma, uh, uh, the way your body responds to tr stress. Um, it's, it's not anyone's fault. And uh, we've seen people that were sober that had been sober for a decade that mm -hmm. relapsed and went back to using because they just didn't know um, any other way to deal with the stress. Yeah. Yeah. It's no exaggeration to say that, you know, folks who have, have had any kind of struggles whatsoever um, would have definitely faced really life-threatening situations uh, early on. Um, and, and as, as I, as I talk about this, I'm re reminded, like I said, of the, you know, the feelings that I had and also colleagues I've talked to mm -hmm. early in the pandemic who shared some of the same stresses, you know, um, for some folks, you know, it was, um, kind of an excuse to, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, to, I won't say abused substances, but for some folks, absolutely the, you know, the, the early zoom cocktail parties and things like that started and, uh, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're still happening, but, um, some people that's just, Hey, they're one little, I'm going to have a glass of wine and that's it. And then right. others that have that addiction. Yep. Right. And it's their brain is wired differently. Yep. And that's yep. why just, we have to keep telling the story that it's, it's not your fault. Um, uh, mental health or substance abuse. It is not your fault. It's a brain disorder. Yeah. And early on as well with so many unknowns and so many services having to quickly pivot to the conditions, uh, you know, many uh, folks who had relied on support services, whether it be um, therapy, mental health services, um, but also just their, uh, their group support, right. Uh, that, that was suddenly cut off. You know, folks are used to going, for example, to a, to a meeting or something, right. Um, right. couldn't do it. They couldn't get to, couldn't get to the meetings they might rely on day to day or, you know, and then had to use this new thing called zoom, you know, mm -hmm. zoom or FaceTime or what have you to try to access that kind of, uh, the group therapy that they've been, you know, been accustomed to their right. lifeline, really. Yes. Yeah. And you lose something. I mean, you lose that warmth and body language. I mean, I, I can see your face, you can see mine and, but there is something lost when you're not there physically with someone. And, um, our agency is doing, you know, group therapy via zoom. And I think it's, it's better than it was when we started at the end of March. I mean, every agency had to just immediately pivot so we could make sure everybody that we served was okay. And just calling everyone and here's the link to your appointment. And those who didn't have access to computers or smartphones, trying to help, you know, resolve that issue so that we could get in touch with them and applying for COVID-19 grants. So you could um, get the equipment that you needed to help those you serve, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. just one thing after the next. So mental health care workers have been uh, under a lot of stress, just hearing about all of the trauma that the people that are reaching out to them are coping with. So we have to be there for our staff and make sure they're okay and check in with them. I was just in a call yesterday um, with one of my leaders um, that runs our crisis operation and 
she was saying that her staff are saying they're exhausted. Um, they're having to go to bed earlier, trying to get more, more rest and just try to recharge the best they can because it's, it's nonstop. Now, something else that um, part of the innovation and creativity in terms of uh, providing the level of service that you provide, you've created a care program. So it's uh, CARE stands for Crisis Assessment Response to Emergencies. Right. And this is a partnership with uh, the, the police and fire departments. Right. Uh, the CARE team, you know, is a partnership with Alliance and, as you said, the Memphis um, Police and Fire Department. And uh, right now it's an operation from 8 a.m., to 8 p.m., seven days a week. Uh, we hope to eventually expand that to 24-7. But what that looks like is a call might come in to 911 or it might come in to our crisis center, um, the number you mentioned earlier, 577-9400. And someone somewhere, um, right now it's in the Memphis City proper, might be experiencing a behavioral health crisis um, that needs uh, an assessment, possibly needs the fire department EMP to just do a physical medical to rule out any kind of medical issues. Uh, and then the CIT trained police officer that helps, number one, make sure the scene is safe, right? And then they're trained, the CIT police are trained in de-escalating um, and then the, once th that occurs, then the assessment, the behavioral health assessment by the master's level therapist can occur. And then they try to find, um, based on the outcome of that uh, triage, what would be the best place of treatment for that individual. And uh, again, that's for age 18 and older, the care team services. Gotcha. For, uh, for those listening to the podcast here, um, I'll be sharing the YouTube uh, video, which really provides the YouTube video put together for the for your care program, right. um, that really shows very well how the care program works. Uh, you've got some testimonials there from some folks who've received some help through the care program. So uh, to the number once again, just in case you're listening or have someone who is in need or you are in need yourself, nine zero one five seven seven. Nine four zero zero. So, what was the evolution of the care program? In other words, where where did it start? Uh, where were the needs identified? Back in two thousand seventeen, Alliance Healthcare was awarded a pre-arrest diversion grant, and it was a uh, three million dollars. And at that time, we thought, well, what are we going to do with this with this funding? Uh, some people across the state that were awarded this did were able to look at their community, kind of see what was needed. Um, we reached out, myself and a few of our managers reached out to Shelby County government and uh, Memphis City government and just asked, um, what could we create with this grant funding, get started at least. Uh, and when we met with um, the police and fire department, there was already a program called RADAR that the fire department had uh, set up with primary care to go respond to medical emergencies. And they were explaining how that worked. And um, during that conversation, we were all sharing, well, we keep seeing people coming through our crisis system, calling 911 and it, 
they would be better served through, instead of being picked up by the ambulance and taken to an ER where they're waiting for hours, um, we found out there were some underlying behavioral health needs that were not being addressed. And so by creating this care team, you've got the CIT police who are trained and the CIT model that's now an international model was founded here in Memphis. Um, the CIT police who are, they go through 40 hours of training at a minimum and then continue to receive training on how to respond to those experiencing a behavioral health crisis. Then you have the, the EMT, like I said, that's doing the medical screening and then your master's level therapist. It sounded like a great way for the three of them to get together, those three entities, and try to meet the person in the community at their home on a street corner. Yeah. And do the assessment right there on the spot and get them, maybe they need to go into our crisis center for a short, short-term stay. Um, maybe they need our detox program. Maybe they need to just be referred to outpatient or maybe they need a uh, higher level of inpatient care. Um, but by diverting them from jail, which obviously the pre-arrest diversion dollars, we wanted to make sure that we're trying to address the incarceration rate of those mentally ill going into jail. You've probably read some of the articles and statistics on that, that there's more mentally ill in jail than there are in psychiatric institutes across the country. Um, so that's something that's really our passion um, to serve our community and try to really think outside of the box and treat people in a humane way that don't need to be another statistic of somebody incarcerated or waiting for hours in an ER when they could be better served, you know, somewhere else. So, but uh, we, we've got some preliminary data and uh, we just want people to know that we're here. Um, we're serving more people each month. Um, just in the, we started in 2018, we, we set up and designed the program and uh, we identified 111 individuals that were calling 911 three to four times a week. And so by starting with that group and just tracking that group, that population, we created um, a separate group at Alliance called our Enhanced Follow-Up Team, where they will go out after the care team has done their assessment, that Enhanced Follow-Up Team will continue to follow some of these individuals long-term that are what I call falling through the cracks they don't show up for their appointments. They're not linked to treatment. And so we work really closely uh, with Regional One um, and Christ Community and other groups like that to um, address. They can do the primary care and then we'll do the behavioral health. So uh, some several different things have spawned just from the creation of that care team. How long has it been around now? We started in uh, 2018. Um, we were awarded the money and then we developed the program. So we've been going on for uh, over two years now. And we just hope that uh, this model can continue and we're continuing to seek funding. The city of Memphis uh, has um, agreed to, you know, keep the CIT officers as part of this team, as well as the fire department um, uh, donating staff to this, if you will, um, because right now it's not really, it's not, it hasn't gotten to the point where it's paying for itself. We just need to continue to uh, get the message out there that we're here. Yeah. And um, 
And just uh, to piggyback on that, there was a, a law passed about instead of calling 911 if you're suicidal, I don't know if you've read about that, it'll be 988 once that's implemented. And so that's not happening right now. It hasn't gone into effect. But once that does happen, I, I anticipate the care team going out more as we um, educate the public on that number because suicide rates are continuing to increase. Yeah. Unfortunately, due to COVID. Yeah, unfortunately. Oftentimes, the last person to seek help is the, the person themselves, right? Who actually needs Absolutely. the help. Yeah. So family members, friends, um, how, is there any protocol around the circle of people who can call on behalf of an individual that obviously needs help? Anybody can call, you know, you might be there with your family member and see that they're suffering. And the, the one caveat is um, that that person has to be agreeable to get help. Um, of course. And sometimes people feel like, hey, there's something wrong with me. I don't need any help because of the stigma around behavioral health. There, there's something wrong with me and I should be able to overcome this. And, um, and we're seeing an increase in people over 65 that are isolated and are, are showing up in the emergency rooms depressed. And it's not your fault. I just want anybody who's listening to know um, this is, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. Uh, and we'll be continuing to look at the after effects and the data around what, what happened. And I, I hope that, uh, and there's some legislation right now addressing the underfunded mental health system. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. underfunded. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about in the state of Tennessee, more cuts coming um, to balance the budget. And so you've got this, I understand that across the country, there's a financial crisis going on as well. But just with COVID-19 relief, hopefully they'll be able to address some of the disparity in funding for behavioral health and substance abuse um, that we've been talking about for years, right? Yeah. The, uh, the new administration uh, coming into the, to the White House, that has been a topic that, is, that has been uh, brought up, I, I know, a, a number of times about um, putting together uh, bills that include more assistance for, you know, for, for, for toward mental health, right. which, you know, again, as we've talked about, has been just simply on the increase. It was on the increase even before the pandemic hit. Right. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, it's some agencies have really struggled and have applied for um, some of the COVID-19 relief for businesses. Uh, there was um, a release of money from the Department of Health and Human Services for behavioral health. And that's kind of just, a, it's helped a lot of us. It's a Band-Aid, but uh, again, I, I have said this before to other people that I've talked to about it. It's just, if there's one good thing that I can say about the pandemic from my perspective is that we're talking about mental health more, at least we're having that conversation. Mm-hmm. People are checking in with each other, reaching out and just really sending the message out there to help reduce that stigma around internalizing that and making it a problem with you instead of this is a brain disorder. And sometimes research has shown stress will bring out what's already m- might already be there predisposition for depression that runs in your family. 
uh, maybe your uncle yeah. or aunt or alcoholics and your your dad and and now you're you're finding that you're drinking um, every day to cope and just having these conversations is certainly a step in the right direction. Yeah, having the conversations, uh, I really like what you said earlier about you know, the you know communicating to folks it's it's not their fault. You know, absolutely. Um, there's always that moment whether it be friends and family where you not you're not sure if someone actually needs help but generally speaking i think that if the question is there the answer is probably yes they 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 right. need some help right you're going to see that there's a change in behavior even with covid and we're isolating they might not want to talk to you on the phone they're isolating you can see that they're um any kind of thing that used to give them pleasure they're not engaged. Maybe they used to walk the dogs or at least step outside and take a walk or check in with, like I have family Zoom meetings every week with my sisters and my parents. And that's the way we get together and we're spread out across the country. But if you notice that people are re re retracting from you, they, they don't want to interact with you. That's, that's also a, a sign that I need to, um, maybe reach out and talk to them some more about it and see if yeah. I can. Yeah. Um, so one more time, uh, the, the number to call if you, um, if you have a friend, family member, or if you yourself need any help, uh, it is of course 901 area code 577-9400, 577-9400. Um, also Lori, um, you know, you're, you're, um, obviously a nonprofit. Um, right. Uh, so folks can donate to the program also, which is always helpful. Um, and right. yeah, and they can go to, uh, just simply go to alliance-hs.org. Mm -hmm. Correct. And we have a donate here button and that will help us in our mission. And just to, our mission statement is promoting wellness in our community. Right. So even if, they need more than behavioral health and substance abuse. We want to link them to, you know, healthy food. And we do have housing for a hundred people. That housing remains full. We need more housing in our community for those that are um, struggling with mental illness and have limited incomes, et cetera. So we, uh, we branch out just to promote wellness in our community, work with every organization. Um, a few that I mentioned, Regional One, Christ Community, um, church health. Uh, we work very closely with them just to continue to address what uh, the need is in our community. And uh, I think more people are talking about it. So I'm, I'm very hopeful about it. And as a parent of two um, youngsters, I mean, they're, they're 18 and 13 now, but um, they hear me talk about behavioral health and checking in with them. And um, we're seeing more young people reaching out with their families for help. And that's a good sign too, because um, with the school being virtual for Shelby County, that's really impacted families, put a stressor on the families. And so we need to start talking about it with our kids and uh, we're there for you know the whole family. So please reach out. As you look forward to 2021, what's your thoughts on the future with regard to one, um, a vaccine coming um, and eventually life returning to some normalcy. 
do you see a curb in, in um, the need or do you see simply more of an increase? I think that the research right now um, and the conversations I'm having with other providers too, we're going to see the need increase because once a crisis is over and I, we see the light at the end of the tunnel with these vaccina- vaccinations and I plan on getting one as soon as I can and, and our whole staff and the patients who live in our housing will be right there in the next phase. It'll be like a take a deep breath and then it'll be like, I need to go talk about this. I need to get some help. And we're concerned that the suicide rates will continue to increase for a period of time. That's why we have to talk about it as much as possible to kind of, you know, impact that, you know, number. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that is so unprecedented in anyone's life. Uh, Even, I mean, because the folks who, we're old enough to remember even the Great Depression, you know, 99.999% of those folks are no longer with us. Right. Um, same thing for the Spanish flu, you know, uh, influenza 1918. There's no, nothing, nothing of reference for us to go back on and say, oh, I, I went through that. So I, I, I have an idea of how to cope with this. There's no such thing for us. We've, we've grown accustomed to the unknowns this year. I think you're absolutely right. It's going to continue into, into 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would just ask those that don't have a support system, reach out to NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness. There's some gr- support groups you could start there. If you felt like, well, you know, I don't know if I really need any mental health treatment or whatever, reach out to a support group. Um, there's free wellness apps out there that you can uh, download and just kind of check in with your mental health every day. How am I doing? Let me just answer this little survey. And you can find those um, links to those on our website as well, some resources and tools and just start there, you know, and reach out to your support system and check in with them. Yeah. When in doubt, reach out, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, Lori Powell, uh, CEO of Alliance Health Services, uh, and of course, uh, part of the team that created the CARE program, Crisis Assessment Response Emergencies, which I think is a great program. It's, it's, yes. it's a terrific way to um, help those in need mm-hmm. versus incarceration, like you said. Right. Yeah. Versus incarceration or unnecessary uh, ER visits, especially right now. And one more time, the number is 577-9400. Lori Powell, thank you so much uh, for taking some time today. Um, thank you. Best wishes to you and your family during the holidays, the holiday season. Uh, uh, best of luck in the new year as well. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, if for those of you out there, don't be afraid to, to call if, mm-hmm. if you feel like you or a family member or a friend needs help. Right. Please reach out and happy uh, new year and happy holidays to everybody listening. Stay safe. Stay well. Thank you, Lori. Thank Thank you. You You have been listening to Storyboard 30 on WYPL and on podcasts. And this has been your host, Mark Fleischer. Thanks again to producers Vance Durbin and Stephen Ussery and to WYPL broadcast manager Tommy Warren, to WYPL and the Memphis Public Libraries for their support, and to you listeners and supporters of the library and FM 89.3. We hope you join us next time on Storyboard 30 for more conversation with those Memphis personalities and shapers who make our lives here in the Bluff City just a little bit better. 
Memphis, make it a great week. And once again, please stay safe out there.